thank Deaconess Blackney for those announcements. We ask you to keep them in mind. At this time, we'll have a selection coming to us from our own mother, Mary T. Johnson. And after Mother Johnson comes, the next voice you should hear will be coming from our pastor, Elder Samuel K. Scudder, Jr. Let us receive them in that order with a hearty amen. 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 Gave up everything. I gave up everything to follow the Lord. I gave up everything to to follow Him. My brothers too I gave up everything To follow the Lord I gave up everything I gave up Follow the Lord. I gave up everything to to follow Him. I gave up mother, gave up father, gave up sister. My brothers too I gave up everything To follow Nobody but you Lord Oh, 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 oh. 
thank Mother Johnson for that selection. As I say, if you've been in here any, any number of years, uh, you'll see that Jesus is able to bless. And for that, we praise him. She still remembers all those songs, and she sings them with conviction. Amen. We do give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this morning. Uh, we honor Mother Johnson, Mother Scudder, Elder Sharon Warrington, and Minister Renee Reynolds, and Minister Willie Mora. Our very fine deacons, our very best children. Thanks to the Most High God and our friends this morning. We praise Jesus for his goodness and his mercy. And we praise him for his loving kindness that he shows to us. We praise the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for the workshop and the conference on uh, Friday and Saturday. And praising for his word and praising for those who, as Elder Scudder says, participated in planning and implementation. Everybody did a very fine job. And if I start calling names, I'm going to mess up, so I ain't going to do that. <laughs> I'll leave it just like that. But Jesus blessed. You know, leadership is... is uh, it's, it's something different in a sense. People uh, look at leaders and they want to try to pinpoint some of the qualities that, that uh, makes a leader. And I always think about football and basketball because that's my experience. And you always had to have someone, you had to coach, and he wasn't the leader necessarily. But there was always two or three on the team who would encourage other people to be uh, as the best that they could be. And they would always be at practice on time, and they would practice harder than everybody else. And that's what made them leaders. They would encourage people when everything was down, and they were always up. And one of the fellows played football, played football with, he played the whole second half of the game with a broken leg. He was just, re he just refused to go down. And so when you look for church leaders, that's the kind of spirit that you look for. People here who are willing to teach and be an example of what Jesus is calling for. To encourage other folk uh, and to teach. I thank the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and, well, I better not call names because y'all get mad at me if I do that. <laughs> but we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for, for you all. And um, as Bishop used to say, you're a special people. And you are. Uh, peculiar, but you're special. <laughs> we thank the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the inside joke. If you ever look at uh, Gary Cooper and I don't know what the name is. Smith come to Washington, something like that. And they were testifying about his mental competence. And they got the two little old ladies, and they said, uh, 
oh yeah, we know, we know something's wrong with him. He's peculiar. And, and the judge says, well, uh, who else is peculiar? And Gary, Gary Cooper got up and said, who else is peculiar? And he said, she said, everybody's peculiar. Everybody's peculiar. I always remember that. That's an old, old story. Anywho, we thank the Lord. And let's look at First uh, uh, Samuel. I don't normally come from this book, but it has a lot of little gems in it. And when we're talking about Jesus as the giver of life, uh, it gives you an understanding of where life can be rejected. So 1 Samuel chapter number 8, and let's do verses 8, 5, 6, and 7. Chapter number 8, 5, 6, and 7. And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me. I should not reign in and verse number 22 says the same thing that the Lord said to Samuel, hearken unto their voice, make them a king. Um, and Samuel said unto the men of Israel, go ye every man into the city. Um, if I'd use for a thought, well, just it's right there, it said, give us a king. And that's where we're coming from with this one. Uh, yeah, sit down, please. It's, 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 it's different. Now, I know that those folk didn't have the Holy Ghost, but they had the very God of creation over them. Uh, and it's defined as being a theocracy, which means that God rules, and no, nobody's in between him. Uh, so what can make a person uh, say that they don't want God to rule over them is essentially where this is talking about. And, of course, Samuel took it personal because he was old and his sons were horrible. Uh, so that was a truth that he didn't want to hear. But in the end, the testimony from Jesus himself says that, no, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected him. The one who spoke the worlds into existence. The one who had control over everything. And you wonder why uh, folk would put themselves in that kind of position where you reject Jesus altogether. Uh, and you wonder 
what it was about the rule of the Lord Jesus Christ that caused men to say they would rather have a king over them than God himself. You can think in the sense that uh, if you look at the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Uh, I know that comes in the New Testament, but Jesus doesn't change. He's the same as he was yesterday, today, and forever. So if he says that in the New Testament, it has always been his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Uh, so what is it that would make somebody say, I don't want God over me? Knowing, knowing that he is the life giver. When you think of it in a sense, uh, you would rather have a king because a king can't know everything. The king's power is limited. Uh, he can't see what you're doing, what you shouldn't be doing. He can't see where you are, where you should not be. Uh, and if he has a couple of snitches that can go around and tell him everything, but that still doesn't make him omnipresent. And he's certainly not omnipotent. And he's certainly not um, all-knowing. So in that sense, the king would be preferable to the folk who don't want God knowing what's going on. Regardless of whether he's able to give you life, you just don't want Jesus knowing everything that you're doing. <laughs> And that's the fallacy of it, because Jesus doesn't give up that power. He may say you can have a king, but he doesn't give up the power to know exactly what he's doing, what everybody's doing. That's who he is. That's what makes him God. Uh, that's one of his attributes. Uh, and that won't change. I don't care how many times folks say, give me a king. You cannot change the nature of Jesus Christ. He's still going to know everything. He's still going to be all-powerful. So, what would cause a person to do that? And I had a couple little notes that I put down. Um, when you take your eyes off of Jesus Christ, you'll do anything. When, when you no longer lift the Lord Jesus Christ into his prominence and where he belongs, you'll do anything. You'll fall for anything. And, 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 and you'll look up, you'll be doing more sin than the sinners, if that's possible. Well, I see you'll be doing the greater part of it. And then we go back to the same thought, and we have to keep that before everybody, even for everybody. 
Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. That's where it, that's where it, that's that, that's the the foundation of failure. That's the foundation of being uh, of falling. And if we could understand that about our own person, uh, then we can kind of actually go through this. The devil has not given up on any of us. He will be there somewhere around you when you take your last breath. Still trying, because he doesn't give up on you. It'll be this, and it'll be that, and it'll be some more. And we have to recognize that in our own personal life of how that enemy does not give up. What you used to do, he's still there trying to make you do what you used to do. Because he's not going to try to get you with something that's new. That's the, that's the understanding that we need. He doesn't try anything new. He just comes a different way. Uh, because, see, that's what you are used to, and that's what, you're, that's what you go for. If, if you go for trying to be lifted up, I guarantee he's going to try to lift you up in all kinds of ways. Play on that, that part of your nature, that part of that old man. You have the two natures right there still fighting. And he's going to play on that old man, and he's going to try to get you to go for it. These things are common to man. It's nothing exceptional. We're not, we're not exceptional in that sense. It's common to us. And what separates us from the rest of the world is the Holy Ghost. You have to keep the Holy Ghost stand up inside of you. If you don't do that part of it, then yeah, you'll go for it. And that old man will come back up and he'll take over. He'll take over. And he'll beat that new man. <laughs> he'll beat him into the ground as much as he can. And the only one that can deliver you from that still is Jesus. You're not going to be able to find your help somewhere else. It's always going to come back to Jesus Christ. Always. You're not going to be able to find somebody else out there to help you. You're not going to be able to find a friend. You're not going to be able to find anyone to solve the problem other than Jesus. That's why the word says to keep the Holy Ghost stirred up inside of you. Keep it stirred up. Because it's not going to be something automatic that you're going to be kept. You're not going to be kept automatically. You're going to have to diligently seek the Lord. Like you saw it when you received the Holy Ghost, you're still going to diligently seek the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not going to be able to put him on a bookshelf. And say, well, I got the Holy Ghost, so I don't need to do this any longer. No, the same thing that you did to receive the Holy Ghost is what's going to keep you. And we have to keep that in our minds. Keep that in our minds. Yeah, I have to seek Jesus like I sought Jesus in the beginning. 
Because, see, he doesn't change. He's not going to let you off this time because you're not seeking him. <laughs> the same condition that you were in when you came to him the first time, and you had to be delivered, is the same condition that you're going to come to him again. You're going to bring that same mess with him. And you have to plead to the Lord Jesus Christ to deliver you. He is the only one that has control over that devil. He's the only one that can give you life. I don't care whatever. whatever. You see all kind of stuff out here. But Jesus is the only one that can give life. Uh, that's why it's so sad when you see people do uh, this girl Regina King, her son killed himself. 26 years old. And she wrapped all of her her being into this son. She said it was a, he was just her life. 26 years old, he took his life. And there's no Jesus, there is no life. There's no hope. You're all subject to all the same thing. Whether it comes through suicide or any kind of other stuff that comes up about. You're all subject to it. All of us are subject to it. That's why it's so important to stay in the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. You hear through the testimony that Jesus is able to deliver I thank the Lord for the testimony. And as, as Minister Reynolds said, it's not that person's testimony per se. It's Jesus testifying. Jesus testified that I delivered them from the COVID. Jesus testified that I touched the body. That's Jesus' testimony. So when you hear the saints testifying, that's why I'm, you know, I encourage you to testify. Some people I don't hear from, and I say, well, you know, I'm waiting on them. I'm, I'm waiting on Jesus to speak through them, what he's doing for them. But when you sit down on Jesus, don't be looking for him to help you in, in the time of trouble. You don't want to be in that position. I hope that Jesus is going to do it for me. You want to be confident. You want to come boldly to the throne. See the blessing that Jesus has for you. But if Jesus ain't heard from you, (laughs) I don't know. You be hoping and hoping. I don't hear nothing say. I don't hear you saying anything, so I'm hoping for you. I don't even know what what you're standing in the need of. But I hope with you. I, I hope for you. That Jesus is keeping you, keeping your mind. That Jesus is doing that for you. But when you testify to the goodness of Jesus, you don't have to get up and say, uh, uh, I knocked down whatever and, and whatever. You can testify to the goodness of Jesus. Jesus is good to me. And, 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 and that's enough. Jesus is good to me. I'm praising for keeping me. Praise him for being God Almighty by himself. And you'll understand. A lot of the Psalms, all they talk about is, all David talks about the goodness of Jesus. That's why he just keeps saying the goodness of Jesus. And how he's able to keep him in a time of trouble. 
And if you get it like that, you don't have to say anything else. You don't have to say, I, I didn't have no money last week and all that stuff. My tire blew out and all that. You don't even have to say that part. That Jesus is good to me. That Jesus is keeping me. We thank the Lord Jesus Christ for those who testified that Jesus touched your body. So that encourages me. When I, when I got to go through, I said, well, that baby touched their body. I know that he's not a respectful person. He, he can touch my body. That's who Jesus is. He's a keeper. He's a giver of life. He is a keeper. The other thing that separates us from the Lord Jesus Christ like that. Uh, wanting to be like the world. You know, the enemy is clever. And he knows what you like. And he'll put that in front of you over and over and over again. And then you'll look up and say, oh, they got it and I don't have it. What do I do? What do I have to do to get it? And that's the first part of falling, because you're looking in the wrong place, and you have a desire for things that weren't given to you. For saints, that's a it's, it's a death sentence. For us, it's a death sentence to to leave Jesus to go for it. If Jesus had a, had a mind to give it to you, he'll give it to you. He's the, the supplier of all of our needs. And after he's given you all your needs, he has the good and perfect gifts for all of us. He's not a respected person. But when we start trying to get out of our lane to get to the stuff or whatever, uh, we put ourselves in jeopardy. He says, we kind of forget the kind of man that we were, and that's what James talks about. That's why I'm going to go in this last few, last few verses. He says, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man behold his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. See, if we don't remember where Jesus has delivered us from, we're only fooling ourselves. We have to keep that before us. Yes, I used to do this. Yes, I used to be like that. But a man named Jesus, a man named Jesus, God, named Jesus, came along and had mercy on me. That's what it is, it's mercy. Mercy. Now, you don't have to go out there and sin so you can get mercy. <laughs> you got mercy already when you received the Holy Ghost. And all you have to do is live your life. But you have to remember what sort of a man he used to be. You just, you just can't forget about that part. Because you don't want to be that man any longer. See, that's the first step right there. 
of receiving Jesus Christ. It's understanding that I used to be and that I am and I don't want to be like that no more. And only Jesus can make that right for you. You, you, you can't do it yourself. Self-reformation does not work. I don't care how you look at it. I don't know how many books you look at and how many uh, uh, videos you look at. That's what they do now is videos. And children learn a lot on the videos. But self-reformation won't come on a video. Won't be televised. It's only through Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can do it. And when you come to that conclusion, you can almost make it. And when you give the conclusion some action, when you understand that if you believe Jesus is able to do it, he'll do it. But he ain't going to do it just because of you who you are. <laughs> who you are does not count to him. You can be the son of the king, but it won't count. That only counts in worldly matters. Because your parents are saved does not make you saved. Because your wife is saved does not make your husband is saved. Because the husband is saved does not make the wife saved. Because we all want to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Everybody. And if, you, if you're young and you go out here, you still got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Because you have an understanding of what you need to do in order to be saved. You're going to have to give an account. All of us are going to have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body. Whether it's good or bad, you still got to give an account. And you want to give a good report. You want to be able to say, I still have that which you gave me. I still have the robe of righteousness. And, 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 and if you have another understanding, I have added to it. I have all of these gifts, all these rewards that you've been giving me all these years. I got it right here. And I would like to lay them down to your feet and show you what kind of saint I am. That I'm not a lazy saint. I'm a saint that's able to keep and do and everything that you have have me to do. Lay it at your feet. Because, see, you deserve all the glory, all the honor. All the praise, because I could not have done it by myself. And I didn't do it by myself. It's the same thing with your natural children when they come home and give you the grades and then the report card and say, I got all A's. And you say, well, oh, that's good. But the wise child will recognize that if my parent did not set me up with the tools that I needed, I would not have gotten all A's, no matter how smart I am. Oh, same thing with salvation. You want to give Jesus all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, because you didn't give it yourself. Jesus helped you do it. Through Jesus Christ, you were able to do it. It says, but if a man, and this is James again, Whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty, continueth therein. <laughs> he is he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. 
Luke says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. So those of you who are continuing in what Jesus has given you, you're building your foundation on a rock. So it can't be shaken when that enemy comes in like a flood. That's what we're trying to do. Build the foundation. You want to set it right. You don't want to be teetering and tottering. I guess a totter, totter, teeter, totter. You want to teeter, totter. Verse 49 says, But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation built upon a house upon the earth, against which the stream shall beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. It's a big thing. It's a big thing when saints fall back. Because Jesus has sacrificed so much. He's sacrificed so much. He's given so much. He's given you a part of himself. Just like he gave Adam and Eve in the, in the garden. When he, when, he, when he created Adam from the dust and he formed him a body, he came and breathed into him the breath of life. That same breath of life that he breathes into you when you become a saint. It says he quickens you and he breathes into you the breath of life. You become a part of Jesus Christ. Part of his righteousness. Part of his kingdom. Part of who he is. He says, verse number 28, he said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Keep it. We have to keep the word. You're not going to be able to make it by doing, let's say, your thing. <laughs> you ain't going to make it doing your thing. You have to do what Jesus would have us to do. And, and it takes a lifetime to study that. You're not going to get it all in one, 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 one feeding. He says he sups with you. And when he's supping with you, he only gives you a little bit at a time. Because you really can't take it all. I can't take it all. Sup. A little bit at a time. You heard the deacon testify this morning with an open mind. Something. A little bit. If Jesus gave him the whole word at one time, just like this, he said, here. It would explode. You can't take all of this at once. You can't do it. Tell me somebody that can take all of the word at one time. And well, I don't. don't can't do it. <laughs> Just can't do it. But a little bit at a time. When you're ready for it. See, we're not ready for a whole lot of stuff sometimes. But then when you come and you hear, you say, I heard it. That's my quality. I, I, heard, I hated that people missed their quality and quantity. And maybe I'll do it some other time. But that's my quality of service. That's my quality of life. That's my quality. I got something out of the service. I got something to carry me. 
Not just to next week, to carry me on. Yes, Something to build on. Yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that's what you're looking for every time you come. Yes. You know, you're not looking for to right and left. You're not looking for somebody to come to you with all kind of foolishness. Because I know even, even in here it goes on. I'm not, I'm not crazy because I know what happens. Some of, the, some of you won't tell me what happens, but I know the probability of one going to the other one, telling this one that, and telling them that one that, and the enemy will use you to stir up trouble, and the trouble will be stirred up so great. You have people wanting to fight. You send people home crying <laughs> and be in tears because of something that you told them. Then it was only half of the truth. That's what's so funny. Just part of something. And you have to look at the people and say, well, What's your motive? What, you, what are you trying to do? Where is the lifting up of someone? Where is the edifying of your brother and your sister? That you would have to go and tell them something that would tear them down. I don't, that, that part I don't understand. And I really don't want to understand it because I, I would get very angry if I understood where it was coming from. That's the devil. That's Satan. Then jumped inside of you and you done went and been a tail bear about something you ain't got nothing you don't even know anything about. Get the firm foundation. Get Jesus. Let Jesus be the one in your life. Let Jesus be your king. Worship him. Serve him in the beauty of holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. He gives that to all of us. All of us. And then finally, he says, First uh, Corinthians says, Therefore, my brethren, beloved brethren, and you all know this, be ye steadfast. Steadfast. Unmovable. Always abounding. In the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And we thank the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, on this afternoon. And I think we're all, we all, you know, it's kind of, it gets kind of different sometimes. <laughs> My grandson called me last night and said, Grandpa, what you doing? I said, I'm eating, um, I'm, I'm getting a little snack, and I'm getting back in the bed. He said, oh, you going back to bed? I said, yes, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> he said, oh, uh, but you don't want to talk no more. I said, well, we talk. We talk. We talked about two more minutes. And he said, oh, you going to go back to bed? Yes, I'm going back to bed because I'm tired. All of our services are for one intent. One intent. We look like all home folk, but all of our services are for one intent. And someone might say yes to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that he would that all men and women be saved, coming to the knowledge of the truth. Truth is, you got to be born again. You got to be born of the water and of the Spirit, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, your water birth. And he says, You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, your spiritual birth. Are uh, you here today, man or woman, boy or girl? Won't you come right now?